Welcome to the Save for Half Sideshow end of year retrospective. Where our hearts have all grown three sizes too big. Or it's heartburn. Not really sure which. <laughs> from all the eggnog. Could be that impending stroke. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, well, something like. Anyway, this is talking about the year 2021 for the Save Our Halflings. It's been a roller coaster year for everybody, hasn't it? Well, you're back at conventions. Well, you guys are. Eh, sort yeah, of. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, we've gone to two conventions, so that's something. North Texas and Longview, Texas's LongCon. Technically, during this recording, we have yet to go to LongCon, but by the time you guys all hear it, we will have been. Oh yeah, by the time this is out, I've been to GaryCon probably. Oh, yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was funny in my head. I, I was about to say, guy. wait, GaryCon? <laughs> uh, oh, right. I was thinking... Uh, I was thinking of Yukon. A whole con. I just got home from Game Hole Con as we record this two weeks ago, so I, I've got one in the bank, and it was lovely. <laughs> so, how was Game Hole Con? It was fantastic. I, you know, I'm, you know me, I'm OCD and twitchy about stuff, so I was, I didn't know what I was walking into. Alex Kammer is my freaking hero because he just laid down the law on the COVID stuff and said you got to be vaxxed and show us your card to get your badge, and here's a bracelet that says I'm vaccinated, you got to wear, and everybody has to mask up because that's what Wisconsin says to do. If you're inside, wear a mask. And, you know, I had two concerns. Could I run a game in a mask and hear everybody who's masked? And would some cowboys show up and start any trouble? Turns out in five minutes, we all figured out we can run a game in a loud room. None of us hearing impaired or anything and it's all fine and wander around the dealer area and and have the independent publishers booth which was a big success for us in masks and it's all great nobody caused any trouble incident free it was a lot of bottled up joy of people just mm -hmm. okay it's been 18 or 20 months i want a freaking game the, the the love for gaming was palpable it was fantastic you had some minis for sale didn't you oh you can make me do the pr thing okay I, i'm not good at this <laughs> Except in writing. The, so if you're listening to this and don't know, a bunch of us, me, Mud Puppy Games, Skeeter Green Productions, Jeff Telanian and Northwind Adventures, the Hyperborea game, Rocky and Ian and Silver Boulay 
games and Levi Combs of Planet X games. And I'm going to forget somebody and I don't mean to all gathered together and had two booths next to each other out in demo row went in with tamp down expectations because GameOCon is a, is grown into more of a 5e con, not so much OSR. I mean, there's an OSR component still there. So we tamped our expectations down and then blew them out of the water and including, uh, Gary and Dave, uh, Game Wizard Miniatures, started as John Peterson coming to me a year ago and saying, hey, can you sculpt these two guys for the photo shoot for my booth? And I didn't think I could, but you know me, I just figured it out. And and those things, like I get up and ship minis every morning now. They sold out at the booth and things have been great. So Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson as wizards? Well, if you're Gail Gygax and you're listening to this podcast, they're Game Wizards, Gary and Dave. Everybody else, ah. yeah, what you said. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and available in the Mud Puppy store right now, please. I, I love my trips down to Ironwind to hand cast these things myself. So Ask wow. for them by name. But uh, and th- th- So the biggest thing is just thank you to everybody that was at Gamehole Con and everybody that's buying my crap because it was great. Okay. Got to run some games in person. That hadn't happened yeah. in a long time. Yeah, I know you were kind of a little nervous whether you could still do them or not. And I was just kind of like, yeah, you'll you'll be able to do it. Don't worry about it. Well, I, I'll say this because I know I'm not the only one. I have stage fright every single game at every single con. I have to go outside and smoke myself into it. But once I am up on stage, it's like those actors you hear about. Everything just clicks into place and it's fine. Yeah, I, I, I get very twitchy before my game starts. You can ask Liz. Yeah, hard to avoid. Yeah. Once it starts, I'm fine. But yeah, once you get it's it's that lead up that just I didn't have a in three games I ran at Gamehole Con, I didn't have a single player character go down. So I don't know if I've gotten old and slow or everybody just had all that pent up gaming and played really smart. To me, it seemed like I had really good tables of smart players. Yeah. It wasn't because I was making it easy on them. Probably weren't there because they didn't want to be. They were there because they really wanted to be. So <laughs> you got to make their Christmas wish come true this year. Good job, Jim. <laughs> well, Corbett, while you're talking, I'm, I'm bound to determine to get to the next North Texas Con because it killed me not to get down to this one. Do you think you're going to do do it next year? I am going to try. And I mean that in the sense that I ha- I literally came within a hair's breadth of going to uh, Game Hole. That week, really? the week The week of, I was like, okay, I've got my ticket set up. I'm going to go. I've lined up these things. And then literally the, the week that everything was going to happen, it all kind of fell apart. And Go go to all the cons. I just started with North Texas Con because that's always kind of been our con as a group, the one we all show up at. Yeah. Which considering it's in our backyard, we better show up for it. <laughs> because it's in our backyard, it's the only one we're able to show Guaranteed up for. Guaranteed for every year. Just yeah. Speaking of North Texas... What you were saying about Game Hole, Jim, the, just the joy everyone was feeling getting back together, there was a lot of that for us at North Texas. Mm-hmm. So many people who had not been able to, to go and getting back together again and seeing those familiar faces. And mm-hmm. it, it was just, I can't even put it into words. It was just such a wonderful thing to be able to get back and see everyone and be there and be in games and sit at the table and sell product and just, ah, it was so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, to try to maybe give it a little more structure, let me throw something out to the hive mind here. If you had to choose your single favorite episode of Save for Half this year, what would it have been? 
Corbett. Uh, Let me pull up the website because I can't even remember <laughs> what we've done. This year is very specific. <laughs> Actually, we'll start with you, Liz. We'll work around to Corbett and Jim. Okay. Well, that's easy for me because it's an episode that we just recently did, the Blake 7 episode. <gasps> And it was my choice as the game, so, you know, wow, no surprises there. No surprises there, yeah. I really enjoyed being able to cover not only the game, but talk about the show, and I just had a lot of fun doing that one. Yeah, if I had to choose one, it probably would have been the Marvel Superheroes RPG, Mm -hmm. because... That's a contender, all right. that That was always my, the opposite, the other side of the coin for my two superhero gaming so it was champions or marvel superheroes it's like i started with a little vnv but i glanced longingly at a copy of superhero 2044 i couldn't afford but <laughs> it was really champions and marvel superheroes that that did it for me okay spend all the time i can corbett i for one thing i didn't realize we actually had a gap between we didn't do a january or february show what's up but you know as a fan of the show i'm actually one of the patreons i pay for this stupid thing yeah i'm an owner (laughs) (laughs) no but as a fan i really as a and and as as being on the show i I really enjoyed the the elusive shift show because it honestly whenever john peterson's on we all don't have to talk very much but for me, it's really easy to sit way in the back of the class and just enjoy the, the lesson. <laughs> well, right, 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 right. Because do you enjoy it because we had a great time doing it or do you enjoy it because you actually learn things? I like learning stuff. Well, I know it's fun. That, But see, the thing is, I don't get to listen to the show much until after I'm done editing it. Like even while we're recording this show, I'm usually like, OK, wait, I'm going to figure that out. I should probably mark the time. You know, I'm, I'm trying to keep track of where I've got to focus my, my attentions at. I don't really listen to the show like as a show until the third time through hearing it, which sounds insane, but I'm listening for other stuff in the interview shows. And, and John Peterson's always pretty entertaining, but his information is of course spectacular. Oh, the thing I hate about that show is when you guys make me say stuff. <laughs> How dare we? I know, but I have to like, you know you you're you're asking very poignant and interesting questions because you are right in it and i come back with i what about this word that you said it seemed really big you mean (laughs) is i've got (laughs) oh wow okay well because if we don't we'll get messaged on facebook and other places going you know corbett didn't say anything is he all right (laughs) Is he leaving the show? Is that why he's quiet? You know, just it's not worth I'm, it. But see, that's the reason. Anybody who's listening, I'm I'm actually a fan of the show. I enjoy the show as the show. I just unfortunately I have to work here. So, <laughs> Corbett, we 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 all have such low bars. I mean, there was a podcast host we once all shared who shall remain nameless that couldn't read the books before we get on air. You know. <laughs> Well, hopefully we'll be having John Peterson back on real soon, hopefully early in the year, to talk about Game Wizards. Oh, I hope we do that. Please let us do that. New books, new books. And I've already already got it, so I'm ready. I'm glad you picked John Peterson because I wanted to pick that, but I thought, okay, well, maybe that's cheating because it really should be uh, a game we reviewed. So my favorite was uh, Bullwinkle and Rocky, hands down. 
that was the most fun game and the most fun of the four of us <laughs> I think I've ever last had. Year, though. <laughs> I mean, it was September 2019. Shoot me. Okay. <laughs> Like I'm trying to pick that from last year. That was a very good episode. It was a great episode. <laughs> totally was, ti- episode. was time ship in the last calendar year? I could talk more about time ship. <laughs> yes, it was. That's I, that would have been one of my choices because I was thinking I don't know. It's going to be either Marvel superheroes alma mater or time ship. Which is it going to be? Well, it can't be time ship because that was in. 2020 so i'm not gonna cover that well for reals because corbin and i were talking about this before we've all got very busy lives and the only reason we do this show you had me on save for save or die in 2012 it's about coming up on 10 years now it's because we have fun doing it and that's what i enjoy like when it's a, an, ep- an episode like time ship we're all friends and we're rational human beings and even if it's not just for comedic effect we can go at it and argue about a game like you would do with your friends in a game store, not like you just express an opinion on social media and everybody gets the guns and knives out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, true. You can good-natured argue points, and unfortunately, it seems to be an increasingly lost art in our society, which is a pity. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Still can't have my Bud Light. Yeah, time ship <laughs> was um June or July 2020 when we put that up, so... All right, no. fine. I liked Blake 7 too. There. Are we good? <laughs> <laughs> you made Alma me go Mater. watch the show. I'd never seen it. It was awesome. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It was an interesting game to for sure to review. So, anyway, Jim's talked about what uh, gaming stuff he's done this year, other than in the quote-unquote, you know, as far as getting things ready or written or published or even just for a local home game. Corbett, is there anything you've been doing gaming-wise over the past year? Other than Actually, getting ready for these darn shows? No. I enjoy working on the shows. Sorry. <laughs> I have some bitter pills to swallow sometimes, but that's okay. Didn't didn't you tell me you ran D&D for the kids or something? No, no. They're actually running their own games. They're out in the world adventuring for themselves now. But, you know, I, um, I am working on a, a project kind of on the side, and I, I'm probably just going to put it out as a free thing to download on DriveThruRPG, but I had another one of those big gap moments where, um, as a parent, you're, you're, you know, you're running along like, Hey, don't cross the street without looking both ways. And, you know, the Aquaman trick to get stuff out of your eye and all those things you teach them and you miss stuff and go, Oh, I never thought about that, but that's important. My son came to me and asked me about ways to make his character more interesting, uh, and to give him a story. And I mean, it's not like he couldn't do it. And I had tons, I have tons and tons of books. I'm sure we all do that have like, oh, here's a background generator and here's a, a this and a that. But there's a couple of gimmicky tricks that I use to give characters a, a bit of a story without writing a book. Because I don't recommend to anybody writing a book. But in process, I'm writing a book to kind of cover that. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's only like, right now it's like five pages. I might get to seven or eight but it's mostly stuff like um, pick a pick an item to have an artifact or an item that you carry around. A g- good example in real life, I actually have a skeleton key on my keychain with all my house keys and everything huh. else. So and the skeleton I. key, well, my skeleton key came from my great grandfather because my great great grandfather was a blacksmith and made them, ah. and he had a jar full of them. That's way cooler than mine. But it's still an item, and it has a story. That's the thing. I bet yours has a story too. Yeah, and I took it off a, a 
key, uh, you know, one of those brass um, jailer's key things. We bought it at uh, Pier 1 Imports. <laughs> that's a terrible story. It's but a, a story terrible story, but it is a I, story. Well, and that's my point, is that a simple, a simple item you can throw on a character and say, this is very, very important to them. I'm going to keep with me as a thing. And whether you have a real reason or a story reason or a side reason, the GM can fill in all the rest. And when you sit down and write these long, epic backgrounds on the back of your character sheet, it's cool, but it really shackles your GM to put stuff in and kind of work with you. Remember, the game is kind of a mutual agreement. So, Well, I've even got a t- title for the book for you. The big book of how not to write a big book about your character. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like that. That's not, that's not bad. That's not bad. You know, I'm honestly thinking I might, I, and since people will be listening to this, I'm talking to you. You, the listener. If you have a clever idea, I mean, honestly, these have been like a paragraph or two of like, oh, I do this sometimes. Oh, I do that sometimes. This is why I do it. And this is how it works. It's not terribly complicated. We all make characters and we all have our shticks. Granted, there's plenty of us who just like, here's some stats. I'm ready to go. And you don't, you don't worry about the background, but there's plenty of us. I know Liz has a binder full of characters that have at least some kind of background to them. Do it, man. Do it. Everybody's (laughs) got a book in them. Everybody's got a game in them. And there's no reason not to do it now. I mean, you you get that to 64 pages and it's a PDF on DriveThruRPG now. Yeah, and then you you pass with, along your information to other option, people. You know, but yeah, that's my kind of thought of like the bigger project. But right now, it's just me writing a few notes down and kind of like, oh, this is pretty important, and this is pretty important. Nothing crazy, but that's uh, how it starts. So that's what I'm working on. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably the only gaming thing I've been really big writing this this year, other than you know some articles for some fanzines and stuff is uh our buddy over pete spawn over at small niche games remember him guys yeah from our save for for our save or die days yep (laughs) he was contacted me about doing some research for a rpg he did an rpg called operation victory which was basically a world war ii rpg based on the D D white box with you know the ubiquitous rules modifications to fit the World War II setting, and good. he's looking to do a variant on that. Name still kind of up in the air, but it was going to be based on the American Revolution, and it was going to be cinematic. Hmm. And he asked me to; he was willing to hire me to do some research on the various colonies, the territories you know, all this other stuff that was basically campaign information that that would be useful to a game master. Otherwise, you can just say, well, go pick up a book on the American Revolution. It's like, yeah, but as a guy who's read a lot of books on the American Revolution, some of them are rather more useful than others. And as a GM, your your time is taken up enough without having to hunt and peck to see, okay, from a GM perspective, what here is going to be useful. Yeah, but none of those history books are a game-setting book. Right. That's what you're saying. Right. Mm. So I said, well, you know, I I don't know if I'm really the type, you know, I I that is kind of an era that I, I'm interested in and I teach, but I don't know whether I'm necessarily the right sort of author for this project. And he told me how much he'd pay me, and I said, I'm your man. So... <laughs> 
I will become the right sort of author for this project. Well, wait. That's, ter- that's the right answer. John Peterson, it's, can you sculpt minis of Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson? And in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't think so. But as soon as he said, I'll pay you, I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Yeah. It's like, of course I am. And, you know, 30 How odd. How many cubits would you say he paid you? <laughs> Well, he paid me 35,000 Zulex, so you'll have to do the translation in your head. It's quite simple. Yeah. So, so Corbett's next question is how how many letter, ladders is 35,000 Zulex? <laughs> 10 coppers. <laughs> anyway, so that's probably going to be coming out sometime next year. I'm not going to nail down any particular date, but you know, I got him the stuff, he gave me the money. We're both very happy. An exchange has been made. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool, Mike, because, I mean, you're, you're a history professor, so who better? Well, I, probably what he was thinking, and a gamer, so he probably figured, well, ka-ching, you know, that, that would work. Well, I don't mean it just that way. I mean, like, you just took two of your Venn bubbles and merged them. And like any writing, especially you get a historian to do, you give him a word count, Max, and I, of course, went over it. So oh, we all I, do that. And so I told him, you know, look, we originally contracted for X number of words, so don't bother paying me for the extra because that was my fault. I should have been more diligent with my word count. And he said, nah, and he paid me for the extra words anyway and said, if, if it makes you feel better, you can be as consultant for any stuff that pops up between now and publication if I have any questions. I'm like, sure, I can do that. <laughs> I would have done that anyway, but, you know. That's probably and the big thing. That is for how me. the Stuart basic set was born. <laughs> the basic rules on being a Stuart. <laughs> Rule one: get a yellow cat. <laughs> a mouthy yellow cat, or is that redundant? <laughs> red hair man. That's the secret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mouthy red hair. Yeah. It may not surprise you, but Liz always wanted to be a redhead. I did. I always imagine she's a redhead inside. <laughs> my my soul. Your soul. Unless, of course, she subscribed to the belief that redheads have no souls. Nah. I, I subscribe to the belief that it doesn't matter because I can go steal more. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's always voodoo. If you ever run out of souls, don't forget. So, Liz, are you going to write this Galaxy Rangers game or am I going to harass you about it until the end of time in the heat death of the universe? You're going to harass me about it until the end of time and the heat death of the universe. Wait, what if I help him? <laughs> You'll still be harassing Would it be me. half the length of time? <laughs> half the heat death of the universe. <laughs> half of entropy. Well, that seems like less, so I so like that. Does that mean it takes half? <laughs> yes. I... Could you measure it in quatlus for me? <laughs> no, but metrics. <laughs> Although I didn't mention it when we were covering Star Frontiers, but I've been getting into the Morrow Project again now that they have a. I discovered they actually had a new edition uh, out they put out in 2013. And I'm getting back into that. So I've been, since they don't, to my knowledge, have any adventures for it, I've been going back and reading some of the old Morrow Project adventures. And I find it really funny because they're taking the same sci-fi premise of the late 70s, early 80s, that, well, if it's sci-fi, everything's got to be metric, right? So everything's metric. It's in meters. It's in kilograms. It's in liters. It's metric, 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 metric. And then it says, how tall is this person? He is a five foot nine individual male. It's like, what happened to metric? Wait, what? <laughs> Everything else is metric except heights. Uh, so I'm just kind of scratching my head going, what? 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 
If you're going to go metric, go full metric here, guys. Come on. At least give us centimeters. Come on. Go figure. So, yeah. So what do we look forward to in 2022? Is that appropriate? Sure. I'm looking forward to the next North Texas RPG Con. You yeah, might have maybe. inferred that so yeah. <laughs> from the prior conversations. I live for that convention. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, too. I'm yeah. looking forward to finally getting the... Evil in the White City published for now that it seems like we may finally, knock on wood, have the map circumstances resolved and have that mm. adventure book put out or adventure so that's collection. The that's the victorious adventure you've been working on? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The adventure itself. Or the four adventures been, that are part of it. Yeah. They have all been completed for over a year now. I thought they ran like two years ago, didn't they? We're being polite. Yes. We have just been waiting on stuff, art and maps for the various portions of them. But the adventure itself has been written and is ready to go and has been ready to go. The four and adventures it's... and the the 10-page overview of Victorian Chicago. They've all been waiting. It's just been the art and the maps. Oh, I and I and I know why. It's those bastard game publishers and editors who seem like they just ghost you and sit with their thumbs up their butts and do nothing. Because now I am one of those guys, and I understand <laughs> why it seems that way. I've got artists waiting on me right now, and I'm like, I promise you, it's coming. But I'm yeah. not there yet. Yeah. There, see, Steve Chanel, you owe me one now. <laughs> <laughs> he took one for the team. Checks to Jim may be sent to... <laughs> Well, to Troll Lord's credit, they've been having some publishing snafus, and then, of course, there's the whole COVID and import from... And getting, you know, artists, and those damn artists, getting them to do stuff, I tell you. Hey. <laughs> I was waiting for that. But no, I mean, getting good artists, getting... Yeah, it's... What was that Venn diagram from the net? It was like quick, easy, or quick, well... Uh, detailed and cheap. Mm. Yeah, and it, can either, it can be quick. It can be good. It can be, be cheap. cheap. Yeah, and you know you can have two of the three, but if in the in the middle where all three meet is just the word no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping we'll we're finally over the last of those hurdles, but knock on wood. I'll defend Steve some more if you let me. There are worse companies to be saddled up with in the middle of a shipping crisis and a pandemic than a guy that owns his own presses and isn't worried about it. Yeah. He can punch a book out. When when it's ready, he can punch it out. Softback. If it's softback, he can do it. Yeah. And he does hardbacks at another company, but he does it here in the States, so he doesn't have to worry about China and the shipping issues and all that. At least not when it comes from importing from foreign countries. But I don't have my own presses, so right now I'm late on a hardback book, and I'm just praying that my bid is still good when I get back to the printers. You know, because they gave me a great quote on Deluxe Smith's own binding, but that was a couple, three months ago, and what if they're out of paper when I call them up next month? I, you know, yeah, that's the that's nightmare fuel. People are willing to be understanding as long as you keep them in the loop. That's all. I think any of us want is to be kept in the loop. Am I right? That's a bullet I had to recently bite because I just got overambitious and it yeah. bit me. It bit me, then I had to bite the bullet. But I'll bet most of your people were understanding. Well, see, this is where Cor Corbett will feel me on this. You know, they, they, they were, and I'm grateful. But in my head, I do not want to fail. I'm bound to determine. I'll, I'll kill myself not to fail. And uh, Here's a pro-business a pro tip, Jim. If you're dead... The product will be considerably later. Yes. 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 
than if you're not dead. Perhaps I've said too much already. <laughs> so, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so, that's what we're looking at. What are you looking forward to in 2022, Corbett? Oh, just to get back to any kind of gaming convention at all. Any of them. Any. At all. Really, Period. any of them. <laughs> I am I am really to the point that I, I, even my boss, who has no idea that I have a gamer, and I was like, I'm thinking about going to Game Hall, and it's on this weekend. It's like, sure, I'll get you tickets. We'll get you there next week. We'll do it. It's no problem. <laughs> you need time to go do something. I'm like, uh, if I can. <laughs> Even your boss has the same problems we do. <laughs> well, let, let me be a little devil for a second. If your situation looks any better in February, TotalCon is a fantastic little OSR con to go to in the Boston area. It's not in Boston. Oh, and, and a bunch of people you know, me, Skeeter, Jeff Telanian, the Frogs, they'll all be there. Boston in February, huh? Which is a good yeah, time to be in Boston. <sighs> it's been I've been I've been to that con four times now, and I still can't say the name of the town with the right accent it's in Worcester that's the best I can do sorry Angelia <laughs> Worcester Massachusetts yes, no, wasn't got... there a con in um, Ypsilanti Yukon uh, which just happened Ah. It, it, it's always like within that's a another week or, fun town name uh, <laughs> that's within a week or two of game con every year I used to do them both but I'm not that young anymore yeah <sighs> yeah the days where we could drive 18 hours in one shot camp up for the weekend on the side of a mountain then drive 18 hours back, then go to work the next day or school are over. <laughs> yeah, we're at the point where we go, we sleep in a strange bed at a hotel room over a weekend, and we feel the way we used to feel camping out on the ground on over that a mountain, weekend. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, we are so old. Uh, I don't think I've shared this part with you. This is how bad I wanted to go to North Texas Con. Tim and I talked about it early on, and with it's a personal judgment for everybody, and I respect everybody's personal choices, but we weren't ready to climb into a plane with 200 stupid people again. Oh, I, I as can't of blame you. I can't blame so, you. So I'm on Google Maps. Okay, what is it? A 21-hour drive. All right, I haven't got that in me anymore. What else could we do? And then I get on to uh, Amtrak and start figuring out what a, uh, a sleeper car for me and Tim will cost. <laughs> And you said too much. <laughs> Thousands of dollars. So, yeah. yeah. But, but I tried. I, I was online trying. Oh, there's got to be a way to get down there. Yeah, but then you get to travel like Harry Potter and you can't really put a price tag on that. How many Zulex would you pay for it? Come on. I can't spend, <laughs> I can't spend two grand to drive up to Chicago and then take two days to come down yeah. to Fort Worth. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cheaper to take a car and stay at a hotel just break up the drive. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what uh, Bad Mike and Zach do when they go to GameOcon from Texas. Or hell, rent a limo with a driver <laughs> and take it down. Diesel must be like made of cast iron because we're about the same age. And he does that drive to go to GaryCon every year. Him and his wife up from Texas. I used to could do it, but not anymore. Yeah. Well, before we break into another episode of how old and, and gouty we all are now. <laughs> um... Shall we do a final wrap-up then? And let's just say we hope everyone's had a excellent holidays, and we'll see everybody in 2022. Well, before we do that, I do have a couple of emails to read. Oh, yeah, emails. And we, we don't do emails often anymore on the show, so... No, nobody likes us anymore. No, uh, well, they probably... It's I'm sure it's like a vicious circle 
It's like, well, you don't read emails much, so we, we don't write them. <laughs> yeah, we only read them on the sideshows, not the main shows anymore. So, DM Kojo yeah. swears our contact form on the website's broken, but I tested it and it wasn't. So I just apologized to him and said, well, just send the email here. <laughs> yeah, he's friends on Facebook, you know, and I am us. We'll cut and paste it over. Anyway. So, anyway. who has written us? Okay, well, our first email is from Edwin Nagy. Edwin. Edwin! Edwin! And Edwin writes, Hey, all. I've been listening and enjoying your work for years and love all you guys. Great Aww. chats about all games, great and garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but from the beginning of this podcast, I've been bothered by the final segment, What Makes the Save and What Takes Half? Aren't those the same? Shouldn't it be what makes the save and what takes full? I think this only bothers me because A, it's in your name, and B, some of you, whom I will not name, take great pleasure in pedantry. Cheers and happy gaming, Edwin. He's talking about you, Liz. Uh, Edwin is absolutely right. And I cannot bring myself to call it what makes the save and what takes half. I always say what makes the save and what doesn't make the save. I'm I'm totally with you on that, Edwin. I'm guilty. I follow the bumper. The bumper. I mean, that's what the bumper says. No, you don't remember when we did this. You you don't remember when we put this in, do you, Mike? Because I was the one who talked to you about it. Because originally it was dragons from previous podcasts. Right. And then you changed it to um, what... Would you play this game or not? And I was like, oh, that's kind of vague. Uh, and my suggestion was, what if we did it around the saving throw? Because it's, you know, save for half. And you were like, well, wait a minute. You can't say save for half because half is half damage, which means you win. And I said, no, Mike, look over there. And you went, what? And then you said, wait a minute, I can't see. And then I said, oh, I don't know. What were we talking about? Oh, I like candy, too. Man, we went on. <laughs> Ooh, candy. But that is, I like candy. That is the evolution of the show. Was I candy? I threw it. <laughs> he is so easily distracted. What? <laughs> I thought we were talking about candy. <laughs> but no, no, I was I was the one who made the bumper. I'm sure I just put it in there and didn't thought more of the fact that, oh yeah, makes the save has, has gotta be the good thing. Because I wanted, I had talked to you, you remember, remember Mike, I talked to you about this. We were talking about like, what if we had a good thing and a bad thing? What's the best thing and the worst thing or something like that. So it's, so it's not just us like, let's just lampoon this all the way down. Because even Jim can say the one great thing about Timeship is he no longer has to read Timeship. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, we recorded two episodes in a row and this is the second one. So not as sharp as you're used to. This is why. That's why. I'll be as pedantic as the next mic, but uh, I don't care. Just as long as we do it right and make Edwin happy. What do we got to do? I see we we make it a new segment called You Edwin or Ed Lose. um, (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) Edwin Lose or Draw. (laughs) (laughs) For our our audience of one. (laughs) Well, thanks for bringing that up, Edwin. We'll discuss it when we have more brain cells. I'll change the bumper. We will continue to argue about this. Yes. (laughs) Till then, next email. Next email. Our next email is from James V. West. JV. JV. Love his art. He says, halflings, as always, I'm enjoying the heck out of your podcasts. 
even when I'm not very interested in the game, such as the recent Meddling Kids episode. I still love listening. <laughs> Your voices are officially part of my world. Aww. Also, I enjoy learning about the content of games that I might never encounter. And I love that Civil War ad that Mike recorded, especially about the, especially the part about the dog XP. <laughs> Ouch. Why, thank you, sir. <laughs> Now for the hard part. Uh oh. I'm well, killing afraid... the dog wasn't the hard part? <laughs> no, no, it was not. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to have to officially request that you cover one of the RPG scene's most unloved games. We already Dallas, did. Dallas, the television role playing game. Oh. We, we talked about it, and I have it on the shelf, so I'm good to go. Somebody is... doesn't want to do it, and it ain't me. It is with a heavy heart that I make this request, because I know that if you grant me this boon, it will cost you dearly in constitution, <laughs> wisdom, and probably sanity. But someone has to do it, and I can think of no better people to get the job done. Roll on, J.B. West. <laughs> wow. Well, for reference, I did buy that game for Liz a couple of years ago as <laughs> yes. a Christmas gag gift, so it's oh, on wow. our shelf, too. Liz and I have played it at North Texas Con yeah. well, under we, Michael Curtis. I was going to say, we certainly played a variant of it, Dallas in Space. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Asteroids, yeah. oil fields, it's all the same. <laughs> yeah. I suspect so. Michael Curtis made it a lot more entertaining than it would have otherwise been. When you're out in the hall plotting a against the other half of the table it's a good game oh <laughs> uh, sort of like he did with the rapturous voyage yeah yeah again in space in space but i'm certain it was a lot more fun when he ran it than it probably would have been otherwise but well rules wise that's what i meant <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I got this. I'll do it for you, Mike. Well, we appreciate the email, and we'll talk about that as a group when we have more brains. <laughs> <laughs> or less brains. But sounds like we've got at least two votes for it, so... Oh, yeah. Corbett, you're the decider. All right, I'll take it as my next pick if you want. Okay, so... That's easy. That's <laughs> problem oh, I'm solved. <laughs> I'm going to call it then. Done and done. Okay. And that way I don't have to worry about picking anything for the next time, so I've got like a whole half a year to go. Woohoo! James V. West, John B. says, your wish is granted. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Mecca, lecca, hi, mecca, hi, me, ho. All right. Well, again, if you want to write us, write us at saveforhalfpodcast at gmail.com. Or the contact form on the website that does so work. <laughs> <laughs> or ping us. I am on Facebook. We're, we're not picky. We'll cut and paste. We don't mind. Do like everybody else does. Just chase me down on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let me try this again. We hope you have a great holiday, and we'll see you in 2022. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night. God bless us, everyone. Merry, happy, everybody. Ho, 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 Briard. And we're out. Podcast is a production of the Mud Puppy Games Network and the Gagman Podcast. The Save for Half theme music is provided by the band Mississippi Bones. You can find them at mississippibones.bandcamp.com. All player characters mentioned in this podcast are fictional, and any resemblance to PCs living or dead is purely coincidental. No NPCs were armed in the making of this podcast. <laughs>